Welcome into Nuggets Numbers. I am your host, Ryan Blackburn, at NBA Blackburn on Twitter. It is Monday night when I'm recording this, and we did get some interesting news over the weekend that I do want to go over before getting into some lineup data, before getting into some lineup discussion about the Nuggets in the quarantine playoff. There are some interesting things. I did some research for this podcast. Going to be a lot of numbers in this podcast that I think are important, and I wouldn't be sharing them with you if I didn't think otherwise. It's going to shape a lot of what the Nuggets decide to do over these quarantine playoffs and and what we see from the lineups, what we see from Michael Malone. Uh, He's going to have a lot on his hands because there are different things that he has to work with, but He has had a lot of time to see these numbers. He's had a lot of time to figure things out, and I'm looking forward to seeing what the product is. But before we get into that, we did get some quick news, and I just wanted to update everybody on Denver's status before going to Orlando on Tuesday. The Nuggets are going to travel July 7th. I'm recording this Monday night, so by the time you've heard this, the Nuggets may have already traveled to Orlando. There's no word on Nikola Jokic's status, public or private, from what I've heard, but it is assumed that he will travel separate from the team on the same day. That is within the policy guidelines that the NBA has sent out to all of their teams, that any player that is tested positive for coronavirus has to travel separately from the people that test negative. So even if Nikola Jokic has kicked the virus, even if he has had multiple negative tests, because he had it at one point, he will not be able to travel with the team down to Orlando. That shouldn't really be a big deal, but it is notable. The team will quarantine for 48 hours in individual hotel rooms before being allowed out of their rooms down in Orlando. So we're going to not really hear a lot before Thursday or Friday. Uh, Depending on what happens on that Thursday when the Nuggets are supposed to be out of their hotel rooms, if any players have tested positive, then we'll probably hear some information about that from Woj, from other personalities that are down there, or the Nuggets may share it with themselves and say, hey, look, we had a couple of positive tests and we're going to have to go through that procedure. But basically, because the Nuggets are traveling down on July 7th, If they get down there, if they experience a couple of positive tests by that July 9th, July 10th time or so, those players and or people in the traveling party will have time to get healthy, will have time to kick the virus before the Nuggets need them to be in a regular season or playoff format. Uh, Even if they'll be quarantined for 14 days without any, any physical activity or interaction with other players, Uh, But at that point, it would be around July 24th, and the Nuggets, their preseason schedule came out in which their first game would be on July 22nd. As everybody knows, their first actual game of the quarantine environment will be on July 3rd. Actually, that'll be on August 1st. Uh, July 30th is when the actual season opens up. So the Nuggets will have time. Even if there are positive tests, people should not be panicking. The NBA has understandably figured out that there are going to be be positive tests in this situation. That's the reason why they're doing the bubble is so that they can figure out if any player tests positive, they're going to do their best to try and uh, mitigate that spread 
and say, okay, we're going to isolate that and we're going to make sure we're going to establish that bubble environment. And once those players test negative multiple times, they can come back into it. Uh, But I alluded to the preseason schedule dropping and we aren't going to really know more beyond that until probably July 9th or July 10th or so from a Nuggets perspective. Um, we should hear from Michael Malone and or media and or members of the team on Thursday or Friday, likely via Zoom call for the media. Uh, that's the, the general word that we received from the team the last time we spoke. Um, and it's understandable. They want to make sure that everything goes safely and smoothly. Uh, once they set things up, we'll get some new information about how things are going down there. And that will be when we figure out, hey, if any players on the Nuggets team have, have tested positive for coronavirus, then we're going to get into that situation. And it's going to be harder and harder to figure out who is hiding it and, and or to um, – what am I trying to say here? Uh, it's, it's going to be harder and harder for teams to hide behind kind of anonymous positive test results. We've heard teams say, hey, look, a couple of people in our party have tested positive for coronavirus. Well, it's fine, and the anonymity is its definitely their right. But as teams get closer and closer to playing legitimate games, to being a part of legitimate procedures, uh, it's going to be hard for them to keep that anonymous. Because if, if certain people aren't on the practice floor or aren't on the game floor, it's going to be pretty evident on a, on a TV broadcast. So we're going to see what happens. I'm looking forward to Thursday or Friday. We're probably going to start getting some major data points on this, and we will share it all with you on Denver Stiffs, of course. Um, but as I mentioned, the preseason schedule came out over the weekend. The Nuggets will play the Washington Wizards on the 22nd, the New Orleans Pelicans on the 25th, and the Orlando Magic on the 27th, which will be four days, or actually I think that's five days, yeah, uh, five days before they actually play a regular season game, uh, which is going to be interesting. Denver's going to have a little bit of a warm-up before taking a a nice little break again. Um, None of those teams are going to be any teams that the Nuggets would face in the regular season or the playoffs. Uh, The Pelicans are, unless the Nuggets make a, a miracle run for the first, for the one seed, uh, which isn't going, it's not going to happen. Um, unless that happens, the, the Pelicans aren't going to face the Nuggets in any way, shape, or form. Uh, and the Wizards and the Magic are in the Eastern Conference, so can't really uh, garner any major data points from those teams specifically. Um, so it'll, see, it'll be interesting to see how Denver handles those games uh, from a playing time perspective, from a game plan perspective, how much of a warm-up will Michael Malone want to give his starters? Uh, I'd expect the starters to play all three preseason games, except for Jokic. I actually expect him to play in only two. Uh, that could be wrong. I just don't think he needs a third game. And given that he did test positive for coronavirus, it would be unwise to work him too hard. Uh, but again, we don't really know the effects that extremely well from a physical standpoint, from a, an actual NBA competition standpoint because we just haven't seen it yet. So maybe he does play in all three. Maybe he they choose to play him in none. I don't know. Um, but I would expect the back end of the rotation to probably look very similar in all of those games, all three of them. That's Monte Morris. That's Torrey Craig. 
That's Michael Porter Jr., that's Jeremy Grant, and Mason Plumley. I expect all five of those players to play in that lineup. Uh, and I don't expect the Nuggets to really give that much of a, a, a staggering of lineups, if you will. Uh, I think the starters are going to need time to get some gelling time together. They're going to need some long run. And that means that the bench is going to look a lot like that. It's going to look the same. Uh, Craig at the two, Porter at the three, Grant at the four, Plumlee at the five. It's not a not a great spacing lineup, not a great offensive lineup, but if that lineup can defend, maybe it makes it work. Uh, we're going to have to see. Um, all of this, of course, assumes that the Nuggets aren't going to contract aren't going to contract coronavirus during this time. Um, we may see a major player on the Nuggets uh, come down with coronavirus, even in the bubble situation. If that happens, the Nuggets are going to have to deal with it. It's going to throw the rotation all out of whack. Um, really quickly, not not that I, I don't really want to get into this because I don't think it's I don't think it really serves that much of a purpose. But three players that I think it would it would be a big deal if they got coronavirus: Nikola Jokic, Jamal Murray, Will Barton. Uh, those three are probably the most irreplaceable players on the Nuggets roster. If Jokic were to get it, Plumlee would become the starter. Grant would play backup center. Porter probably plays more backup forward. Not a lot to talk about there. If Jokic gets coronavirus during a playoff series, the Nuggets are probably going down. I, I can't imagine that Jamal Murray it gets to a, a new level that high that quickly uh, that he could actually carry the Nuggets through some of that. But you never know. If Murray gets it, then Monte Morris probably starts. Or they would decide that Craig would start and they would move Barton to a point guard role. Uh, that would be against a team like the Houston Rockets, I would guess. Um, against all other teams, though, I think Monte probably starts and they probably are perfectly fine with that. Um, even though I think Murray is definitely the second most important player and the second most irreplaceable. Um, if Barton were to get it, Craig probably starts in his place, but that would be a situation where I think Michael Porter Jr. gets a long look, uh, gets a big opportunity, especially if Craig starts to struggle or the team offense just can't get off the ground. Uh, I don't think they would go that small with Monte Morris and then pushing Murray and Harris down. I think they'd probably go bigger. Maybe you put Grant in there uh, from a, a really big perspective, but I think that's probably, if that were to happen, the, the seamless thing for them to do would be to give Porter that opportunity for these playoffs and then move forward like that. I don't know, though. I, you, you never want to really think about these things, take too much time to talk about these things, because it's it's kind of it's kind of icky. Uh, hard to really describe it. But either way, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to get into more detailed lineup discussion. I'm going to react to some lineups created by Nuggets fans in the third segment, but in the second segment... I'm going to go into the lineups that the Nuggets have played. We'll be right back. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. 
we're back. Nuggets numbers, Ryan Blackburn here. Wanted to get into some lineup discussion because I think as we get closer, it's it's a lot easier to see what the Nuggets are going to try and do. What every team's really going to try and do. And with the Nuggets, I think the, the very first lineup that they try, it's, it's going to be pretty easy to figure out which one it is. It was the most played five-man lineup in the entire NBA and by a long shot, by a, a very wide margin, especially for the teams that are going to be in the bubble. Jamal Murray, Gary Harris, Will Barton, Paul Millsap, Nikola Jokic. That lineup has played 735 minutes together. It's, again, it's the most of any five-man lineup in the NBA. And the next highest minute total of any lineup that will be in the bubble is 490 minutes. That's 245 less, which is nuts. Uh, Denver's point differential is plus 132. That's pretty good. Their plus 7.7 net rating is good. It's it's pretty good for a starting lineup. It's not elite. Some lineups are a lot better. Um, it's it's definitely not overwhelming for a team. But here's here's what they do. Here's what they're good at. This is a really well-rounded unit that has multiple scoring options, decent floor spacing in theory, uh, solid defense. Uh, a couple of different pieces to that. Gary Harris is the guy who's going to defend at the point of attack pretty much every single time, and he's really good at that. He's turned into a guy that makes things really hard for players like Damian Lillard, Kemba Walker, some of the shorter guards in the NBA that are really good playmakers. Donovan Mitchell's another good example. Um, and then Paul Millsap is a guy who defends the back line really well. While Jokic plays in between, sometimes he'll be out on the perimeter, sometimes he'll be in the paint, sometimes he'll be kind of in that in-between zone, and, and he forces a lot of teams to make mistakes, whether they take a shot that they probably shouldn't, or he picks off a pass, or he gets into a position for a good rebound. Uh, he has really managed that process really well. Um, but in the end, this lineup, it's all about the Murray-Jokic pick-and-roll. Uh and this, these three guys around them, Harris, Barton, Millsap, they have the best chemistry between any of the other options on the roster uh, around that Murray-Jokic pick-and-roll. Because those two, even though they spend most of their time interacting with each other, some of the best pieces of that Murray-Jokic game, it comes when those three other players cut, where they screen for each other, where they cut back, they cut back door, they, they rotate along the perimeter, Find the gaps in the defense, and Jokic is really good at hitting those guys. Jamal Murray has become exceedingly much better at hitting those guys as well. Um, and that's really that's really where they're at. Here's where they're bad. Uh, defending big wings is still a problem. Um, when you come against a team like the Lakers or the Clippers, even the Milwaukee Bucks, that's going to be a lineup that really struggles to defend some of the best big wings in the NBA because they just don't have the height. Gary Harris is listed at 6'4". I don't think he's 6'4". He's a little bit shorter than that. Will Barton is listed at 6'5", but he's also listed at, I think, 175 pounds. Maybe it's 190. I can't. I, I could be wrong about both of those, but that's pretty skinny for a small forward. And the Nuggets with, with Paul Millsap, Millsap is a good backline defender, but he's not a switchy perimeter defender. That's not his game. It's especially at 35. He's just that's just not where he's at in his career. 
So that's a problem if against teams that have guys like that. Luka Doncic is another example there. Um, another thing that they're really bad at is their outside shooting has actually not been good. I said it was good in theory. The floor spacing was good in theory, but in practice, they shot 32.5% from three this year. That's not going to get it done. If they shot 40%, that net rating that they have would be elite. Right now, it's really good because their outside shooting hasn't been up to par. It could trend better because it was better in the past. In uh, the previous season, it was at 36.7%. The year before that, on a much smaller sample, it was really good, 45% from three. But 32.5% this year is not going to cut it. And if the Nuggets shoot that percentage from three in the playoffs this year with that lineup, they may go out in the first round. That's a tough situation to be in. We're going to see this lineup a ton. And if we see it a ton, the Nuggets starters have to respond to tough defensive matchups, whether that's the Lakers or the Clippers, if they have to defend James Harden, uh, if they have to defend Luka Doncic. Those players in Denver's starting backcourt, uh, Murray, Harris, Barton, there's a lot of pressure on those guys. And if they can't put it together, then Denver could be out in the first round. The Nuggets have three other lineups that cracked 100 minutes this year, which isn't a lot. Uh, they've been pretty irregular with their lineups uh, outside of their starting unit. The three lineups that I'm talking about are in order. Murray, Harris, Barton, Grant, Jokic. So that's Grant in place of Millsap. Then you have Morris, Barton, Craig, Grant, and Jokic. That's in place of Murray, Harris, and Millsap. And then you have Murray, Harris, Craig, Grant, Jokic. And that's in place of Barton and Millsap. So basically, Jokic is on the floor that entire time. But the guys around him have changed a little bit based off of different situations that the Nuggets may find themselves in based off of different rotations. Uh, those are the typical lineups that the Nuggets used when starters were out. Uh, if Millsap needed a break, uh, he sat out, I think, 19, 20 games in a row. Grant was the guy who came in there. Uh, Craig is the guy who, if there was a perimeter player out, if it was Harris, Craig would be in as the primary defender. If it was Barton, same thing. Uh, Murray, even when Murray was out, sometimes Morris was the guy that was in there, but actually sometimes Craig was in there with, with Harris at the point guard or, or Barton technically at the point guard. Um, Malone has utilized Craig and Grant pretty consistently this year as his defensive wrinkle for when a defender has to come off the floor. So when Harris has to come off the floor, when Barton comes off, when Millsap comes off, on come Craig and Grant. And those lineups haven't been very good this year. Uh, just any way you slice it, all three of those lineups have been negative. Uh, and it's a pretty large sample, too. You, you know what you're getting with that group, and, and it really hasn't been good enough. Um, however, there will be situations where Millsap needs to come off the floor. Or if a, if a, if a player is hurt or contracts coronavirus... The Nuggets don't have a lot of other great options on their roster that Malone is going to be able to trust, and he may just have to take a leap of faith with Michael Porter Jr. at some point, but if he doesn't want to do that, it's going to be Craig, it's going to be Grant, uh, 
maybe it's Morris in a lot of these situations, but Morris has his own physical uh, problems, I would say, just given that he's also 6'1", 6'2", 6'3", and pretty skinny. Um, that's going to be a, that's going to be an issue. If an opponent goes super small, that could pull Millsap out of the paint, out of the rotation that he usually goes. And in that situation, he has to make up for it offensively. But what if he shoots 35% as opposed to the 43% from three that he shot this year? Is it worth it? Uh, if the Nuggets are going to be so heavily focused on the Murray-Jokic two-man game, they may not need those Millsap post-ups and isolations this year. They may actually need some of the switchability that a guy like Craig brings or a guy like Grant could bring. Uh, and it, it's going to be interesting to see how that's deployed. I know that that's going to probably rub some Nuggets fans the wrong way. Uh, but like it or not, these remain the lineups that the Nuggets are going to trust going forward. And I, I don't really hate it against most first-round opponents. Can Denver outscore Oklahoma City and Utah using these lineups? Probably. Murray and Jokic are really good. And those teams don't really have a counter for that duo. Can Denver outscore Houston or Dallas with these lineups? Uh, it's a little bit shakier. Um, it probably depends mostly on Jamal Murray. Whether he can raise his game to another level, if he's going to be efficient, if he can get up close to 60% true shooting, if he's taking pull-up threes really well, if he's just being super impactful off the dribble, if he's taking advantage of switches, then the Nuggets could probably do it. They could probably make it work. But there's only so much these lineups can do against the Lakers or the Clippers. Those teams just have a lot more firepower. I'm assuming that Denver's starters in that situation, if they were to go up against the Lakers, if they were to go up against the Clippers, they're probably getting punched in the mouth because... Their wings, LeBron James, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, etc., those guys are really good, and Denver doesn't really have a great answer in their starting lineup for those guys. If the above lineups, featuring more Grant, featuring more Craig, if those are the first counter that Malone uses, it, may be, it might be enough. It might not be. I'm going to be interested to see. I assume that that's going to be what his first counter is going to be. And so Nuggets fans should probably get used to that situation. Um, if it's enough, then that would be a pretty big deal. Uh, if it's not enough, then Denver's probably they probably have to go through some personnel changes going forward. The next two lineups that I want to talk about are lineups that the Nuggets used in different situations this year, but they ultimately worked. Uh, both of these lineups were positive. Uh, Monte Morris, Jamal Murray... Michael Porter Jr., Jeremy Grant, and Mason Plumley. This is the bench lineup with Jamal Murray at the shooting guard position that the Nuggets used almost extensively at the end of the season. Uh, this was their their uh, post-All-Star break look, and it really worked. Uh, Jamal Murray took a lot of pressure off of Monte Morris, off of Michael Porter Jr. in a lot of situations. This lineup shot 40% from three. Uh, they did pretty well. It, it was uh, they they grabbed a lot of rebounds. They didn't shoot a ton of threes, but they attempted them in in pull up situations when they were open. And Jeremy Grant was really good in the pick and pop in this situation, and that could be a really big wrinkle that the Nuggets use, even without Plumlee on the floor. Um, but Murray comes into that bench lineup, and it provides them different options for 
ways that they can score without Nikola Jokic. You've got the Morris Plumley two-man game that has been so prevalent for Denver the last two years. Murray at the top of the key. He can create his own offense. He can use a screen. He can run the pick and pop with Jeremy Grant or Michael Porter Jr. And then you've got the, the Michael Porter Jr. isolations. And if he can continue to prove that he can make shots in an environment like that, he's going to be invaluable, especially when Jokic is off the floor because the Nuggets are going to need guys who can create their own offense. If Barton were to struggle, if Murray were to struggle, if Morris were to struggle, the Nuggets are probably going to call upon Michael Porter Jr. sooner than later. Um, I'm looking forward to when that happens because I think it's going to happen. Um, But the other lineup that really worked was basically the opposite. It was the starters plus Monte Morris. Monte Morris was in there, Gary Harris, Will Barton, Paul Millsap, Nikola Jokic. That lineup was really good defensively. They didn't shoot a good percentage from three. They actually shot a really poor percentage from three, but they were still massively positive in the limited minutes that they had. And one of the reasons for that was because their defense was great. Uh, Gary Harris was playing smart defense. Paul Millsap playing smart defense. These lineups are important together because if the Nuggets were to figure out their rotation like that, that's a really easy transition. It's probably the cleanest transition that Denver can have in a, in a game, in a playoff game, you, you start your usual starters, your first sub off the bench is Monte Morris, he then plays a little bit with the starters, and then Jamal Murray comes back in there along with Michael Porter Jr., Jeremy Grant, Mason Plumley. That to me makes a lot of sense. I think that lineup that it, it hasn't, they haven't spent a ton of time with those groups because uh, for better or for worse, they've... They've gone with other groups. Uh, Torrey Craig has been in the mix for a lot of those that time. Uh, Will Barton sometimes spends a lot of time with the bench. But I like those two lineups, and I think that's probably the best way for Denver to just use a, a regular nine-man rotation, and it, it would be relatively clean, relatively easy to do. One more lineup that I think needs to be talked about that wasn't brought up with the uh, with the Twitter thing that I put out earlier today. Um, Jeremy Grant at the five. Jeremy Grant at center is a massive, massive wrinkle that the Nuggets may have to go to pretty quickly. The lineup that I'm talking about that they used this was Monte Morris, Malik Beasley, Will Barton, Michael Porter Jr., Jeremy Grant. In eight total minutes, that lineup scored 29 points. They were a plus 15, and they played really well together. Um, obviously, Malik Beasley's gone, but you could use Jamal Murray, Gary Harris, P.J. Dozier, maybe even Torrey Craig in that fifth spot, depending on how things go. But that lineup was awesome. They scored a lot. They got open shots. They, project, they protected the rim reasonably well, didn't allow a lot of easy baskets, and they were massively positive in a very short amount of time. With Plumlee out of that lineup, uh, Jeremy Grant and Michael Porter Jr., uh, they're given a little bit of extra wiggle room. With Plum, When Plumlee is on the floor with those two, the paint gets really crowded. And it's not necessarily anybody's fault, but all of those guys, except for maybe Grant, like Porter wants to get into the lane, Plumlee wants to get into the lane, uh, Jeremy Grant 
he knows that his responsibility a lot of that time is to also get into the lanes. So sometimes when two ball handlers are out there, you see, you see Mason Plumley, Jeremy Grant, and Michael Porter Jr. all touching the paint. That's kind of a problem. Grant at the five, it allows the Nuggets to have a major pick-and-pop option, and Porter at the four means that the Nuggets still don't sacrifice too much size because he's still a legit 6'11". If he's healthy, if he can handle it, I think that that lineup makes a lot of sense. The Nuggets killed the Milwaukee Bucks with this lineup. That was with guys like Brooke Lopez out on the floor. Really good players. Chris Middleton. um, I think Eric Bledsoe was out there too. Uh, Giannis was in and out of that lineup as well. Uh, But the Nuggets were able to really perform with that lineup out there. And the reason is because Milwaukee uses this system. Excuse me. Gosh, can't talk today. Milwaukee uses this system where Brooke Lopez drops all the way into the paint and the Bucks dare the opposing team's center to shoot threes. Now for Denver, that's Jeremy Grant. And Jeremy Grant is a really good shooter. He shot 40% from three this year. He's very comfortable doing that. He can even shoot out to like 27, 28 feet. And as long as he's not giving up too much size on the other end, he's in a pretty good spot. Even if he's in a, even if he's giving up some size against guys like Rudy Gobert or Brooke Lopez in that situation, the Nuggets aren't going to really be worried about that because they've actually done a pretty decent job in that situation, even without Jokic and Plumlee on the floor. The stats back that up. They're actually pretty good. Um, I want to see the Nuggets try this against the Jazz. I want to see them exploit Gobert. And I also want to see them try this against the Rockets because I think this is a lineup that could really match up with the Rockets' switching scheme. And Jeremy Grant at the five, I, I think if you have if you have him guarding somebody like P.J. Tucker and P.J. Tucker screens on ball, Jeremy Grant can switch on to James Harden in a way that Nikola Jokic or Mason Plumlee or even Paul Millsap may not be able to. So that's a really big wrinkle that I think the Nuggets are going to have to use. They used it previously and it really worked. So let's take another break. When we come back, I want to get into the lineups that Nuggets Twitter fired at me. Uh, I asked for some lineups on Twitter and you answered. We'll be right back. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. We're back. Nuggets numbers, Ryan Blackburn here. I wanted to spend this last segment talking about lineups, talking about something with Nuggets Twitter that I, I asked for. I said on Nuggets Twitter basically that hey, what were your favorite what would be your favorite lineups as Nuggets fans, in theory or in practice? Like, even if you don't expect it to play, uh, what would you want to see? 
Now, most fans, they, they were looking for something that the Nuggets hadn't really tried all year. Most of those lineups had Michael Porter Jr. out there. Some even had Bull Bull. Uh, every single lineup also had Murray and Jokic, which I thought was interesting, all except for one, and I'll get to that in a little bit. But basically, I wanted to go over these lineups because I think that they're important. These are some lineups that the Nuggets have barely tried, but they might need. Um, there's a lot more size in these lineups than what the Nuggets have usually put out there, and Michael Porter Jr. is on this, and so we get to talk about Michael Porter Jr. That's cool. Okay, first one. This is the lineup that played the most out of all of the ones that I'm going to talk about, so it actually has some basis for fact. The lineup is Jamal Murray, Will Barton, Michael Porter Jr., Jeremy Grant, Nikola Jokic. They played 26 minutes together. They had a net even point differential on the year. Uh, Technically, they had a minus 6.8 net rating, but that's a small sample size number and really wouldn't worry about it. But here's what they were good at. This was an offensive lineup. They scored 72 points in just 26 minutes. That's on pace for like 140 in a game. They shot 58% from the field, 40% from three. This was a great rebounding unit as well. Porter crashing the glass. Will Barton's a good rebounder. Nikola Jokic is, of course, a good rebounder. Uh, This lineup was not very good defensively. There are not a lot of plus defenders in this lineup. Uh, But big wings weren't as much of an issue, especially in theory with Grant out there. He's able to switch on a lot of those guys and and play pretty well. I like this lineup a lot. I really think that this is possibly a preview of a future starting lineup for the Nuggets. If Michael Porter Jr. is a part of Denver's future, Jeremy Grant is probably there as well. Those two fit really well for reasons that I've discussed before. And Murray and Jokic are obviously going to be out there. And Will Barton's another player that's under contract, and he performed really well this year. He might even perf- he might perform even better at the shooting guard position. So I'm interested. I'm intrigued. This is a, a lineup that I think the Nuggets are probably going to see in the playoffs. I think we'll probably see it with their length and athleticism and shooting. All at the same time, that combination, it's a nice wrinkle for the Nuggets to use. Um... Should we see it in the playoffs? Definitely. I think this could come against the Dallas Mavericks. This could come against OKC. This could come against Utah. And it might even come against the LA Clippers in a lot of situations. Like, let's say the Clippers are are playing in a situation where only Paul George is out there or, or only Kawhi Leonard is out there. This lineup is a good wrinkle because Grant can be on the player that's out there. And then you have Murray and Porter and Jokic and Barton who are all going to score. So if you're in a situation like that, maybe the Nuggets can steal some points. That would be great. But yeah, that's the lineup I'm probably the most excited that you guys threw out there. The second one that you guys threw out there was Murray, Barton, Porter, Millsap, Jokic. So basically the same lineup as above, but Millsap instead of Grant. And I think this is interesting because we didn't really see any of Millsap with Porter this year. Um, The total number of minutes that Porter and Millsap played together was 18. Grant and Porter played 421 minutes. I found that really fascinating because we've we've talked a lot about the Grant-Porter combination. I think the Nuggets know that that's the direction that they want to go. 
but we didn't really see Porter and Millsap play together. We didn't see if they were a good option for next season. And I'm kind of surprised that Denver didn't do more of that in retrospect. Now, Millsap, is a, he's a low-minute starter, and he's the first guy to usually go to the bench whenever the bench comes in. Grant is usually the first guy in. Uh, Porter would go in with Grant to try and get him as many uh, low-risk minutes as possible. They came with Jokic a lot of the time. Um, I don't know. I think that this lineup could be really good. We're, we're probably not going to see it, uh, but it projects to be a really good balanced lineup that with Millsap out there, he gives you a backline defender that covers for the mistakes. There will be a lot of mistakes with Porter out there. Uh, Murray and Barton are out there, and they're not the best one-on-one defenders on the perimeter. Barton has improved. Murray has improved, but they're still not that. They're not at the level of Harris and, and Craig. Um, so maybe this this lineup is good. Maybe we see it. I think it's probably 50-50. Grant is usually the forward that plays next to Porter, as I said. Um, but I'm I'm intrigued. I want to see it. The next lineup is more of the same, but instead of um, Grant or Millsap, it's Grant and Millsap together. Um, Murray, Barton, Grant, Millsap, Jokic. This is probably your Los Angeles Lakers and Los Angeles Clippers counter. This is the lineup that is purely to face those teams, especially when, let's say the Lakers, for example, when they're playing LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and a center on the floor. You kind of need both Millsap and Jokic out there to face the opposing team's bigs. Uh, Davis could be guarded by Millsap or Jokic. Let's say it's Dwight Howard. You probably want Jokic on Dwight Howard and Millsap on Anthony Davis. But you also need somebody to to defend the best player in the world. That's LeBron. Jeremy Grant could be that guy. Um, I think he's probably the best option to be that guy on Denver's on Denver's lineup. Now, this lineup did play with Gary Harris in place of Will Barton in 10 minutes during the season. They played mostly against the Clippers. And that Clippers team, it could be important as well. When Paul George and Kawhi Leonard are out there and Marcus Morris and a center, uh, that's a pretty big team. It's a pretty dynamic, athletic team um, that spaces the floor pretty well as well. Um, this lineup is going to be important against both of those teams. I don't think it's used against any other team, but if the Nuggets advance to the playoffs and face one of those LA teams, then I think we definitely see it. Uh, I have no idea how it's going to work. I don't think this lineup is going to be very good offensively because Millsap and Grant out there, it's probably not dynamic enough at the forward positions to really drag those players away from the paint too far. But maybe it's good. Maybe they figure it out. I don't know. It, it really still it relies a lot upon Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic. And if Will Barton can be a good secondary creator, more power to him. I just don't know what to think of this lineup. The next one is even more crazy. Um, Murray, Porter, Grant, Millsap, Jokic. Uh, yeah, this is tall ball. This is definitely like, basically, instead of Will Barton at the two, this is MPJ at the two. This is a 6'10", 6'11", shooter, who, if he's guarded by a two, is definitely a mismatch against that player. 
if he's guarding twos, then he's definitely in a really big bind. Um, maybe Grant is the guy who defends shooting guards. Maybe Grant actually defends point guards and, and Murray defends the other guy, the, the off-ball guard. Um, I don't know, but given the fact that Murray and Jokic is Denver's primary identity, given the fact that Murray and Jokic is everything that the Nuggets really rely upon, it's all about finding three guys around those two who make the most sense. I don't think this group makes sense. I don't think this group is, it, it's definitely not going to play, or probably not, I'll say. But you never know. Maybe the Nuggets come into a situation against a team like the Clippers where they need Porter to defend uh, Paul George. They need Grant to defend Kawhi Leonard. And they also need Millsap on the floor to defend Marcus Morris. Maybe they decide to put MPJ on Marcus Morris and say, okay, hey, this is our weakness. Let's see you guys give the ball to Marcus Morris a ton. Take the ball out of Paul George and Kawhi Leonard's hands. Um, but I don't know. That's going to be a really tough offensive and defensive lineup to really figure out. Uh, it could work, but I've probably already spent too much time on it. Let's be honest. Um, yeah, let's move on to the next one, which is Jokic and the long boys. This is an interesting one. This is one where I think the Nuggets could actually use this and they probably should use this. Um, it just said Jokic and the Long Boys. The comment that I received just said Long Boys there. So I did my own due diligence and plugged in my own Long Boys. It doesn't include Bull Bull, who I know is a part of the Long Boys. He's definitely a factor. I just don't think he's going to be in these playoffs. So instead, I put PJ Dozier, Will Barton, Michael Porter Jr., Jeremy Grant, Nicole Jokic. This is a wrinkle that's basically Jamal Murray in place, or P.J. Dozier in place of Jamal Murray. It's a really good offense-defense sub. Um, if Barton has a good matchup on him, if Porter's got it going, maybe this is the right time to take Murray off the floor. And maybe Monte Morris has struggled. Maybe Monte Morris is really having a tough time getting his shot off against bigger players. Maybe the guy that he would have to guard has been really killing the Nuggets. So instead of going with a different situation, the Nuggets just decide, hey, we're going to keep Barton, Porter, and Grant out there. That's a good group to play with Jokic. But we're going to throw P.J. Dozier out there, basically saying, hey, Will, run the point. Uh, Michael Porter Jr., this is your time to shine. You have an opportunity to really get some good looks here. Um, this team should, in th this lineup in theory should be pretty good on defense, and it should be pretty good switching. They should be really good cutting. Sharing the ball around Nikola Jokic, they should probably defer to him. And any team that def that defers to Jokic really well, they're going to have a chance. They're going to be pretty good most of the time. Now, is this lineup a lineup that we see? I doubt it, but that's mostly based on P.J. Dozier. I don't think he's going to play in the playoffs. And that makes sense because Monte Morris is very good and Jamal Murray is very, very good. So... It would be a tough situation to take either of those guys off the floor, especially if they are part of your future. They're going to be important pieces. Um, but should we see this in the playoffs? Absolutely. This is a good wrinkle. This really works if Porter has it going. If Porter has started to establish himself and say, hey, 
I can make some of these tough shots for you. I can take some off-the-dribble 20-footers and make them with regularity. I can hit the perimeter jump shots. I can cut to the rim and generate easy baskets. If he's in that situation where he starts to look really good, where he starts to look a lot more like Jason Tatum or Kevin Durant than he does like uh, Luigi Detomi or any other tall wing that didn't really pan out that had a lot of talent, Anthony Randolph, for example, if he looks a lot more like the former guys, then maybe that's a situation that the Nuggets get into where they say, hey, Jamal, we know you need a rest. We're going to put in P.J. Dozier in there, and we're just going to trust the rookie. Um, but we'll see. I um, I would love to watch this lineup. I think this lineup could be really good. And then last lineup before we get out of here, um, Monte Morris, Jamal Murray, Michael Porter Jr., Jeremy Grant, Nikola Jokic. This is the we-need-all-offense lineup. This is the we need we need guys that we can really trust. I personally like the Will Barton configuration of this lineup a little bit better because they're going to play a little bit more defense. They've got a little bit more size. I trust Will Barton in the playoffs. Um, In theory, though, this lineup should create a good shot offensively every single time. Layups, threes, efficient mid-range jump shooters. Uh, I like it. I think it's it's going to be really good offensively. This lineup has actually played 10 minutes. Uh, but they're, they have a minus one net rating, so they're basically even through 10 minutes. Um, I'd be worried about the defense, though. In a playoff situation, you have some size deficiencies on top of some uh, definitely some spotty defensive play from Michael Porter Jr. incoming. Um, it would be less ideal, I think, than some of the other combinations that include Porter, Grant, and Jokic, but this is definitely a break glass in case of emergency type lineup. If Barton has been struggling, if or maybe he's unavailable in general, then maybe this is a good Hail Mary type option. But overall, I think many people want to see Porter, Grant, and Jokic. I've been talking about that a lot. I think it's important. I think it it's provides Denver a different wrinkle. It provides them a different look than what we've really seen. And I think it would be really good. But we're going to see. That's going to do it for this episode of Nuggets Numbers. I hope you enjoyed. I hope you were interested in some of these lineups. If you have a different one that I didn't speak about, comment down below. Uh, comment on Denver Stiffs or on Twitter. Tell me what it is and we could talk about it. I'd be really interested to hear your thoughts. Um, is there a lineup that you like the most of all of these? Is there a lineup that you think the Nuggets have to play in order to win that they don't usually play already? We'll eliminate the starting lineup from that discussion because that lineup plays a lot. But we're going to see. I'm looking forward to it. Today is July 6th. Tomorrow, when you listen to this, hopefully will be July 7th. The Nuggets play a preseason game in 15 days from that point. July 22nd. That is crazy. That is insane. Basketball's nearly back, people. I'm really excited about it. That's going to do it here, and I will talk to you guys on Friday.